So this is KBBI Homer AM 890. The time is 9.02 and it is time for our regular Thursday morning COVID brief. And I'm joined on the line by South Peninsula Hospital's Dorotha Ferraro and public health nurse Lauren Carroll. Lauren, good morning. Dorotha, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And Lauren, did you say you're uh, you're evacuating from the uh, the area down there? Oh, yeah, we're sitting here at our evacuation site across the street from the Homer Volunteer Fire Department. Very good. So the response works. Now, the uh, the, the alert, just to clarify for folks, was a equipment malfunction. There is no tsunami w- warning. Uh, there was an earthquake earlier this morning that triggered the uh, tsunami system but did not actually trigger any warnings anywhere. Uh, the tests that ran were just a test of the system. Uh, there is no actual warning at this time. The Homer Police Department will be issuing an update to the city shortly. So stay tuned for that, and I hope that we can have updated information on that for our listeners uh, as soon as we have it. So stay tuned for that. And on that note, let's go ahead and move on to the COVID brief. And uh, Dorotha, let's start with you here. Let's start uh, talking about the current numbers at uh, South Peninsula Hospital. Well, good morning. Thank you. So um, numbers are ticking upwards a little um, as compared to last the, the prior week. So in the week ending May 31st, we saw eight visits to the ER related to COVID. That's up over four the prior week. We had three hospitalizations and that's up over zero the prior week. We collected 439 tests of those 55 were positive. That's a 13% positivity up slightly over the prior week where there were 52 positives and 12% positivity. We did nine of the outpatient infusions, though I will say that um, I don't have a breakout of whether those were treatment monoclonal antibody infusions and how much of those were treatment versus the Evushield pre-exposure prevention, preventive methods. So I do not have a breakout on those. The, the number one course of treatment is the oral um, antiviral prescription. So I'm, um, I will find out what that breakout is of those nine. And um, we did 50 um, vaccines. Great. Thank you, Dorotha. Um, and how is the uh, capacity at the hospital at this point? Um, pretty much everything is green as far as meaning good, as far as our supplies our staffing, number of beds, um, so uh, holding, holding fine as far as those things go. Um, there is a definitely an uptick of COVID cases in the community, and um, we discussed last week the whole con- concept that many people are testing on the home tests, and so those numbers don't get reported, and um, this wave of Omicron seems to be Um, mild symptoms for many. And so some maybe aren't even testing. So um, there's still a lot of um, um, COVID out in the community. And that does still cause for employers, it still causes um, uh, daily hiccups because of the fact that folks find out that they're exposed and then they have to quarantine. And so we're still seeing that same roll out and impact to um, workforce not only at South Peninsula Hospital, but throughout the community that um, this particular pandemic causes. Thank you, Dorotha. Um, Okay, uh, Lauren Carroll, updates from public health. 
Oh, sure. Thanks, Josh. And maybe I'll just start by saying, giving a special thanks to uh, the public health nurses and the office assistant for a swift and efficient evacuation. Um, really appreciate that. But, you know, in regards to COVID-19, the EU uh, and the UK appears to be enjoying a downward trend as far as COVID-19 reported cases uh, go. But also uh, South Korea has, has had a downturn. So they, South Korea really peaked towards uh, around March 19th or March 20th. The activity there is, is on a downward trend. So that's really good news uh, globally. Uh, but specifically, United States has held steady uh, as compared to two weeks ago, or, or down slightly, about down 1% as compared to two weeks ago. Um, up here in our state of Alaska, um, Overarchingly, you know, the past six weeks have been about the same activity. We had a little bit of an increased activity two weeks ago, um, but we're now down 7% as compared to one week ago. And then here on Southern Kenai Peninsula, we're also experiencing a, a subtle, what appears to be a downward trend uh, for newly reported cases. Still a lot of at-home uh, testing going on out there and seeking treatment. And, the, and there's still demand, a little bit of demand out there for vaccines. And so those are available. Call your doctor or, uh, or the hospital up on the left-hand side on Sundays and Mondays. Great. Thank you, Lauren. Um, so we talked about the uh, at-home testing being more prevalent. Um, how accurate is our count uh, on a speculative level? Well, I think that the count itself of reported cases, uh, that, that counts perfect. But I, I think, you know, that the question might be, how does that help in painting the picture of activity? And I think it does a pretty good job uh, when you take all the other uh, variables into consideration. Uh, for example, like hospital capacity, um, as well as how many folks are in the hospital with COVID-19. And I got those numbers right here. Uh, ICU capacity in the Anchorage Bowl is really struggling. So ANMC is near capacity for non-ICU beds, but the ICU beds are all filled up in ANMC, but also Providence and Alaska Regional is almost at capacity. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm juggling about four different things here, so I'm running short mm -hmm. on on questions. So. Uh, I was reading some articles earlier this morning about uh, the lack of accuracy across the country as far as um, reported testing. You just touched on that just a little bit. Um, that uh, what I read, and take this with a grain of salt, uh, but uh, they're saying that uh, the actual infection rate may be considerably higher, possibly up to 30 times higher uh, on the eastern seaboard at the moment. Um, and including in places where testing is uh, as prevalent as places like here. Um, does that, is that something we should be concerned about? Should we be trying to press for uh, uh, increased testing with people? Should we be uh, reaching out to our politicians at this point? Yeah, it, you know, as, as an epidemiologist and public health nurse, that, that's really not surprising. And we see that, that type of thing uh, with other communicable diseases like common cold uh, influenza. So it's just not possible to count every single case. Um, and that's why and how we have other, what we like to call epidemiologic tools um, to, to paint a pretty accurate picture of, of activity for all those diseases. So yeah, I think the tools that we have are, are very good. 
and sufficient for reporting and painting the picture of, of activity right now. So to follow up on that subject and what Lauren had spoke about earlier as far as hospital capacity statewide, um, the percentage of those hospitalizations statewide, the percentage of those that are COVID positive um, are, is 4%. So from a, um, what is COVID doing to the hospital capacity at the moment in the state of Alaska, it appears to be a, a very small percentage of the reasons that people are hospitalized. Thank you, Dorotha. Um, looking at the uh, CDC's county, uh, county check and uh, the Kenai Peninsula has been bumped into the uh, medium range um, by the CDC. And uh, to clarify for our listeners, that reflects both uh, current case rates and capacity, yes? Yep, you got it, that's right. Okay. And, and again, I apologize, I am uh, sorting through a pile of information here with other things going on at the same time. Um, so no, my no. questions are a little scattered here. Uh, go ahead, Dorotha. Well, while you continue to sort, I just wanted to visit a second about the take-home test. Um, just a reminder that a, a positive result or a yes definitely means yes, but a no or a negative just means the test did not detect COVID at that moment. And um, we, you all hear anecdotally, but then we also have known for some time now that it takes a while for a vi the virus to replicate within somebody to a level that is detectable to whichever test you're using. And every test is different. The, the um, sensitivity of each test is different. So depending on which um, at-home test you're using, you might test negative one or two times and then eventually test positive. So especially if you're experiencing symptoms, just because your home test said no does not necessarily mean that you don't have COVID. Right. And I've heard, I've heard several times that uh, the, the take-home tests in particular are uh, more likely to give you a false negative, but uh, less likely to give you a false positive that if you're positive and it can detect it, it will tell you. Is that accurate? Yeah, I, th I think that's fair to say. And it, it also brings up the question, um, my test popped up positive, what do I do now? Um, so the thing would be to isolate yourself and notify those people that you've been around or in close contact with. And it, that's for five days total. And so is isolation starts on the very first day that you either started to have signs and symptoms or the first day that you popped up positive on a test, whichever is longer further back on the calendar. And that would be day zero. And then isolate yourself for five calendar days. And then on that sixth day, you can release yourself from isolation if your symptoms are getting better. And if you don't have a fever, especially in the absence of fever reducing meds, um, then you can go back to to normal business, uh, but it's also recommended that you wear a good fitting mask for the next five days as you go back to work and school. Okay. Now, if you've been infected with COVID and you are recovering, let's say you are 10 days out from your uh, initial symptoms and positive test, if you took a test during that time, would you come out positive even though your symptoms have cleared up? Oh, that's a good question, Josh. Uh, the chances of popping up positive within 90 days from your most recent infection are pretty good. Um, so the take home here is getting a repeat test or getting tested again within 90 days of infection 
that information doesn't really tell us much at all. So if that test pops up positive, doesn't doesn't give us any useful information. Like it doesn't tell us if you're able to transmit the virus to other people or not. And if it pops up negative, that doesn't tell us anything either. And so what you might, uh, so what, what do you do with that information is you could consider yourself uh, immune to that virus after you release yourself for, from isolation for up to 90 days. And so how does that plug into policies or travel? You'll just have to take those one at a time, read that policy carefully. And probably what it says is uh, a lot of folks ask you to produce a copy of your, of your positive, and then folks count out 90 days beyond that positive specimen date. Okay. That's yeah, an interesting uh, uh, conundrum for uh, business operators and airlines, I imagine, especially trying to. It's like, how long? <laughs> how long has it been since you've been infected? Yeah. Are you still transmitting? Um, and that's, uh, is, that, is that a question we can even answer at this point? Yeah. Yeah. And with Omicron, we, we feel pretty comfortable with that. We know that uh, there's high level of transmissibility within that first three or four days. Um, and that's why isolation is set by CDC uh, for five total days. Um, and that's if, if your symptoms are getting better or if there's no more symptoms in, in the absence of a fever. So some folks can be uh, contagious or you can transmit that virus to other people for longer. Uh, but that's when there's additional symptoms or symptoms keep going and, and there's a fever. So uh, if the next uh, variant of concern um, pops up, you know, isolation may shift again. Um, we saw that with Delta. Delta's isolation period was more like 10 or 14 days. Great. Thank you. Um, let's see. I have a question from a listener here. Let me get this phrased out for you. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chris would like to know, uh, with fishing crew coming into the state, how long before they can be reliably tested negative with a home test before they should be COVID-free? Oh, that's a good question. I'm, you know, in terms of state guidance, uh, there is no uh, restrictions for coming in or out of the state. Um, so I think that one of the most important things to do um, with, with a crew of folks coming in is to monitor for signs and symptoms, um, access testing at, as soon as there's any kind of sign or symptom that's consistent with COVID. Uh, but otherwise, I guess I would say uh, get back to work, get out there and enjoy a great summer. Great. Thank you. Um, and so to just to clarify on that, watch for symptoms, get tested at the first sign of symptoms. And um, otherwise, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, and Chris had another question here about the, uh, the hospital discontinuing the free COVID testing. How will this affect the true numbers of reported infection locally and statewide? Um, and uh, to go on, Chris says, yesterday Alaska was number 10, uh, the 10th highest state in the country for reported cases per capita. Well, I am hopeful that it will not impact um, those numbers at all. The, certainly the majority of um, residents of the Southern Peninsula are insured and um, all insurances cover COVID testing. And at the moment, all insurances are required to not pass along any patient responsibility for that. So it, as the law stands right now, um, by charging insurance, by us charging insurance, um, it should not have any impact to most people coming to our test and vaccine clinic to get tested. Now, if somebody is uninsured, we will apply our um, self-pay discount 
that. And right now, it, I hate for it to be so complicated, but right now um, it's looking like it will depend on why you're testing. And um, because certain reasons for testing will um, dictate which um, pieces of equipment are used, which testing platform and test kits are used for um, that exercise. So the price hopefully will be right at 50, just a little above 50 um, if a person is doing self-pay. But our, our community health needs assessment shows that the majority of people in the Southern Peninsula um, do carry insurance and insurance companies are required to cover COVID testing. Great, that's good to know. Thanks, Dorotha. I guess maybe the other thing I might add is that there's a lot of places where folks can access testing. Um, you know, there's a movement to uh, attempt to treat COVID much like we do other uh, diseases or, or health challenges. So, you know, there's six medical homes on Southern Kenai Peninsula. I think one of the take homes here though is to, uh, to call first and follow their instructions on, on how to get tested. And, and that's because the Omicron or Omicron variant is, is so contagious, uh, thought to be highly contagious and more contagious than measles, which previously was about the, the most contagious infectious agent that we were aware of. Ah, thanks, Dur thanks, Lauren. Well, I am actually out of questions. We blazed through my stack of uh, questions very quickly. Um, Dorotha, do you have anything you'd like to share before we close? Yes, thank you. I would like to hit rewind um, and go back to the middle of the show when we were giving all of these, if it's five days, if you have a fever, if you don't, and all those ifs and whats and buts. And um, it's hard to remember all of that, especially when you're feeling completely healthy at this moment, listening to this conversation, and you don't need to draw on that information for another maybe couple weeks or months or whatever. So we have a, what we call a, a test packet, and we offer it to everybody who tests at the test and vaccine clinic. And, and just so folks know, when we're having these shows, for the most part, that's what we're talking about is when we say we do this, we're talking about at that test and vaccine clinic. When you have, have a doctor's appointment and you're being tested maybe for a variety of respiratory um, illnesses, um, it, it will be a different um, experience. But when you're at the test and vaccine clinic, you're handed this COVID testing packet and everything we talked about and more is in that packet. Everything from the different treatment options, such as if you're this age, these are the um, oral antivirals that you would be eligible for and um, how do you take them? And just the packet is just full of great information that really is only of interest if you have been, if you have tested positive for COVID. So um, I encourage you to take one when you go in and test and if you don't go in and to test, but you want the information, it's right on their website. There's three different places on our COVID tab on the website that you can link to what we call our test packet. And um, so that's available. I'm ter and we do terribly continue. sorry for the, that Dorotha music popped on on me on the, on the air. Can you repeat that last sentence, please? Um, so the test packet is available on the hospital website. And if you go to the website and hit the COVID page, then um, right there, there are three different places where you can link to the test packet. And then you can have it or save it on your phone or print it or whatever you'd like. And I just wanted to um, remind folks that we continue to require masking at um, the hospital and all of the hospital clinics. And please um, to self-report if you're experiencing any COVID-like symptoms at the door and to, unless you're here for, you know, for, for that reason, um, to maybe um, delay your visit. Um, thank you. Great. Thank you, Dorotha. Lauren, go ahead. 
Oh, I guess in closing, I just might give a broad overview of COVID-19 activity in the state. You know, in regards to alert levels, um, several areas are experiencing um, very high case rates or out of the five case rates alert levels, it's the most red in the Denali uh, borough uh, throughout Copper River, Yakutat and, Yakutat and Huna, um, but also uh, Juneau City and Juneau Borough are experiencing uh, increased activity or uh, the, the reddest of red alerts. Um, but also uh, on the upshot, a Nome uh, census area is experiencing lower activity as well as throughout the Aleutians. And then here at home on the Kenai Peninsula Borough, the alert level is right in the middle of all of the reds. Um, so that moves uh, CDC levels to uh, the, the medium. So good time to consider masking and vaccination if you're out and about. And if you have any signs and symptoms, seek testing immediately. Thanks so much, Josh. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, okay, we're going to go ahead and wrap the program up unless there's anything else that we wanted to share. Um, go I, ahead. I would like to clarify that mm-hmm. testing is seven days a week, nine to six, seven days a week free for the month of June. Excellent. Thank you, Dorotha. Okay, thank you, Dorotha Ferraro from the South Peninsula Hospital, and thank you to Lauren Carroll, public health nurse, for joining us this morning for KBBI's regular Thursday COVID brief. We'll have this program up online here later today and uh, post those numbers on our website as well, kbbi.org. Thank you to our panelists for joining us as usual. Uh, always appreciate the up-to-date information and your wealth of knowledge, so thank you very much. Uh, for our listeners, uh, if you have questions for our panel next week, do email those in to me, John at kbbi.org and we'll get those questions asked next week on the next program. You're listening to KBBI Homer AM 890. The time is 924.